God put man in Eden to take care of the garden and look after it. When I see somebody who's careless with their stuff and they drop their $1,000 guitar or they just trash their cars, what I see is a devaluing of what God has put in, in our care. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. Maintain your stuff, We span dude. the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Hey, Stephen. Mark. So, I don't know if it's going to be airing before or after the episode we're recording right now, but we recently did a little a little uh, high-level discussion of cryptocurrency. Do you remember that? Don't tell me what we did. I know exactly what we did. We talked about crypto in a a meaningful way. Well, I thought I would share a heartbreaking story um, about crypto. Did somebody miss some amazing returns recently? No, I just... My tax advisor said hey, did you trade any crypto? And I did, so I had to go back and pull all the records. And I went back to the very first time I bought Bitcoin. Oh no, I'm going to hate hearing this. And do you know what the the price I paid for the first Bitcoin I bought was? That's a great... For one, the price of one Bitcoin? This is a great trivia question. I hope you remember it for the rest of your life. If it was less than... $20,000, $20,000, it's a very sad story. It was $236. <laughs> How many did you and buy? A couple. Oh. I was buying it strictly because I didn't even know what it was. And it was the only way that this stupid online poker site would let me buy in. And oh so I had to goodness. go figure out what the heck is Bitcoin, buy some put it on the poker site. I won or lost some money, put it back into dollars and that was it. But uh I like to think of that as the time I bought into a poker game for, you know, $120,000. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Well, in other finance news, Bernie Madoff just died. I saw that. He 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 wasn't able to what... he wasn't able to serve out his 150-year sentence, but Oh well, he did what he could. Yeah, we we expected him not to to repay his debt to society fully there. Yes, that's true. Well, let's move on to encouraging financial news. Let's talk about Let's do it. Okay, let's talk about something that is uh something that this is now this is a unique situation. We're about to talk about something that's not generally referred to as exciting but which excites me and maybe not you. You you okay. you're usually the guy that's interested in technical stuff like uh, uh tax shelters and you know which okay. uh, retirement account to get into. I'm excited about this thing um which is not sexy but oh so important, oh so part of your daily life and it is maintaining your stuff. Just the whole topic of maintaining your stuff. Now, I know that you're full of good things and you're going to lead us into a, a, a great uh, interview with a friend of yours, but I want to kind of set up the subject of maintaining your stuff, okay? So, well, yeah. Before you do that, yeah, can I give you a quick, can I just share your bona fides with the listeners? Because oh, this ever delights si- me. Ever since I was a young boy, oh. I have been alternatively either uh, <laughs> inspired or extremely annoyed by <laughs> your fastidiousness okay. when it comes to maintaining your stuff. Okay. Um, and so just if there's anyone listening that says, why should I listen to this guy who's going to talk about the biblical value of stewardship, which is, I think, at the core of what we're going to discuss. Yeah. Um, let me tell you that Stephen has, for example, a basement and garage space where everything is on a, in a bin, oh, which is labeled with its come on. its purpose. He regu- There's a broom. I think there might be two brooms for the two separate spaces in the, in the garage area. Yes. Um, 
everything is swept regularly. If I've gone camping with you, the tent could be could be brand new at the end of the trip because yes. we've cleaned it all before we yes. pack it up. Yes. Um, when you've come to my home, I think we've talked about this before, and, and we'll be talking a lot about automobiles today, but you have, just for recreation, detailed my wife's car. Um, what a pleasure. And it's not just a vacuuming. It's I'm going to... I'm going to find a way to get at the dirt that's inside of the, the part of the door that you only see when it's like half open. Yeah, the door jams. Um, you got to wipe that clean. And I could go on and on, but you, for as long as I've known you, have been very particular about maintaining your things. Yes. And the result is you've, you've got Nike shoes that look brand new five <laughs> years after their purchase date. That's true. So I have little rules like, okay, something very exciting happened. We're usually talking about your athletic uh, prowess. Something very exciting happened to me this week. I found an open gym game and played basketball this week with men all over the spectrum. One of the great reliefs for me was that it wasn't a gym full of 18-year-olds. It was guys all over the place. They didn't suck, and they, and I also wasn't embarrassed there. So it was a very nice deal. You know what I got to do? I get to pull down my Blake Griffin Jordans, which they look they look brand new. I've probably had them seven or eight years, and they look brand new because you know why? They only get played with in the gym. So, yeah, those kind of things. Ha- you know, I also had this experience. I texted our good old friend Jeff um, and told him that in one day I wore two shirts. I, I was a shirt, and it was a sweatshirt, and it struck me that the newest of them I got my sophomore year in college of those two things. One of them I got in eighth grade and like, yeah, these are great. Excellent. I love these things. Yeah. So, uh, the, the maintaining of stuff. Yeah. So that's it. That's all I've got on your, your qualifications, Steven, to share about the stewardship of one's possessions. Um, so why don't you give us a little detail? I want to, kick a Bible verse to you before we dive into the interview section of this podcast. And then that'll, that'll be that. Well, it's interesting. Those things that you have noted about me, I I think that uh, part of that definitely um, comes from my middle-class background and the fact that everything that came under our roof was seen as something that was worked for and to be taken care of and is supposed to presumably in the big picture give us a step to so that we can grow and that we could become more um abundant in in all things so um yeah so taking care of things has has always I've always seen that as a responsibility right down to um you know one of these very middle class values which is to turn off the lights in rooms where things aren't being used that's i i feel like well that's just what's part of part of my responsibility um so yeah so i'm interested in in the subject of maintaining your stuff um and you know it's kind of fun and interesting to me to talk about really practical things physical things um taking care of your possessions um uh, I, I was back with uh, Jeff, friend Jeff in uh, Denver, and uh, I had my wife's backpack uh, with me. And he was like, whoa, hold on a second. Where's your, I had this North Face backpack since, I think since um, about 95. He's like, where's that backpack? Yes. I remember that backpack. Yes, and and it, and it was the, the model name was Wasatch, which is which is prophetic about your life there in Salt Lake City. Yes. Anyhow, um, he's like, "Where's the backpack?" I'm like, "Don't worry, Jeff. The Wasatch backpack it still exists. It, it I just my wife's fancy one has uh, padded uh, you know shoulder straps now, but don't worry. Anyhow, so I like talking about those practical things, but I wanted to put in context this subject real quick. I just, as I started like gathering, well, what are some of the biblical foundations for this things? It just presented itself to me, Mark, that these things, they sorted themselves into guess what? Five capitals. So I just wanted to share a little verse on each of the five capitals that talk about maintaining your stuff. So 
Let's start at the top. The most important capital in your life is spiritual capital. And there are many, many verses that talk about maintaining your spiritual life. But one that came to mind was 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, put yourself to the test to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. So what God tells us to do is to not go, well, I think I made a spiritual purchase some time ago. There was a transaction that occurred. I think we're good there. No, what's supposed to happen is that we're supposed to be renewing our faith, renewing our walk with God, renewing our familiarity with his word. We're supposed to be being, uh, be walking in the spirit is something that Paul tells us to do in Ephesians 5, to be walking presently new, anew in the spirit all the time. So we're, that's, that's part of our lives. Secondly, relational. This is the next most important capital in your life is relational capital. First Peter 5, 2 says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. So for instance, you don't get to say, well, I have a friendship with this guy. I mean, uh, I mean, what do you want me to do about it? So we're friends. So what? Well, you're not going to be, stay friends if you don't do anything to care for and renew that relationship. So care for that which God has entrusted to you is definitely first Peter is talking about in terms of relationships. Who has God put in, in, um, in, in under your charge? What relationships has he given you? Well, guess what? You have to maintain those relationships. So it's should be normal for a believer to send an email or a text or a phone call out that says, hey, I was just thinking about you. I haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. I want to check on you, see how you're doing. It's amazing how few people do just maintain relationships. And their ex this isn't a sin or anything, but their expectation is I'll just pick up with these people a year from now whenever I happen to run into them. And it's just not wise. That's just not wise for maintenance because a lot of stuff happens to people. If you want to maintain a strong friendship, for instance, you have to check in on people. Here's a verse that touches on two different capitals. It's Ephesians 5.28. I, I, I picked it out because the, the most important re human relationship that you can uh, maintain is that with your wife. Husbands should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as being in a sense, their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. Now we're going to talk about what that looks like. Verse 29 of Ephesians five for no one ever hated his own body, right? So what does he do instead? Instead of hating his own body, he nourishes and protects and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. And in the same passage, there's a picture of washing of water as well. So there's maintenance of your own body, nourishing it correctly, protecting it correctly, cherishing it. You ever think about cherishing your body? We're, we're supposed to do that um, in God, that we go like, God, he gave me this thing. I got to take care of this thing. This thing isn't going to live forever. It's up to me to how I, how I take care of this body. Similarly, we're supposed to do that with our wives. We're supposed to see there's a one-to-one. -one. The way that you take care of your body, nourishing it, caring for it, do that with your wife. How, how do you maintain that relationship with your wife? What do you do on dates with her? How do you care for her? How do you provide for her upkeep physically and spiritually, emotionally, et cetera? Okay, so that's relational. Third, intellectually, just a couple of verses. Second Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved. So studying isn't something that you do one time and then you check a box, a gigantic magical box in the sky. I am done with my intellectual development. No, 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 no. Intellectual maintenance is something that we're supposed to constantly do. It's part of our life as Christians. And Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the present continual verb tense here by the renewing of your mind, renew your mind. So certainly intellectually, the best thing that you can do for your mind is to review God's word into your mind and to review the statutes of God so that those things are plowed into you and sown into you and they'll reap a harvest eventually. Intellectually, we want to, we want to be stimulated and we want to be strong in all sorts of ways intellectually. So that's maintaining your mind. Fourth, physical. So we all know, I mean, I, I think we all know there's a first Timothy two verse that says that, that uh, physical exercise has some value. 
Well, I like this one from Genesis 2.15. It says that God put man in Eden to take care of the garden and look after it. So again, I can refer back to the verse about the flock that God has entrusted to you. He put man in Eden to take care of the garden and look after it. My garage that he gave me, he put me there to take care of the garage and look after it. He gave me my lawnmower to take care of it and look after it. He gave me my clothes to take care of them and look after them. When, when I see somebody who's careless with their stuff and they drop their $1,000 guitar and let it bang up or they uh, just trash their cars, you know, spill something in the car, eh, shrug their shoulders, leave it there for a week. I, I, what I see is a devaluing of what God has put in, in our care. Now, I'm going to use a verse for financial, the final of the, of the um, resources, which I think applies to all of them. You ready for this? This is the big drum roll verse. L- give, it, give it to us. Okay, here it goes, everybody. I'm going to slow down for dramatic effect. Mm. Luke 16, 11. This is the end of the parable of the um, talents, the minas. Here's what God says. And I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit. I'm going to do a little listen to brackets as I'm going to insert my own words in this verse to sort of uh, uh, interpret it for you. If you can't be trusted to care for the stuff of this world, who will trust you with true riches? That is to say, if I couldn't trust you to take care of a six thousand dollar car, how could I possibly trust you with someone's heart that I want you to develop into a mature follower of Christ? Because you don't know how to take care of things. So the, if, if God gives you a piece of land and you go, oh God, I'm so excited. I want to take responsibility for this land. Help me to make sure the nutrients are right and it gets the right amount of water. And I keep all of the bad stuff off of this land because I want to care for this land. God sees that heart of responsibility and goes, this is a guy who wants more responsibility. And you might know that responsibility and authority go hand in hand. So this is a guy who wants responsibility. I could trust this guy and give him some authority. So I would encourage us and we're, I will talk about how to apply that here in a second and then go on to your interview. But if you can't be trusted to care for the stuff of this world, who will trust you with true riches? So that's I kind of put that question in front of us. Our challenge to you guys today is to take care of your stuff. Take care of your stuff. Your stuff includes your body, includes your mind, your relationships, and yes, your physical stuff and certainly your finances. So that's my intro. I dig it. You know, there's a lot of verses that I think talk to some of the other capitals like you were talking about. If we if we think about Bible and material possessions, I mean, this is one of the reasons that we started the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Yes, it is. was because you and I were always hearing a lot of chatter in the church that said material possessions, bad. Right. Uh, Worthless. Materi- and... and there is obviously truth to to the the Bible is full of warnings about overvaluing material possessions. In yes. fact, even in the verses that it says to take care of your material possessions, it says, and be aware that they're not going to last. Yes. Um, and I, as I was kind of studying up for this podcast, I I just had a sense of thankfulness that that the actual treasure that there really is, the things that Jesus has accomplished are not fleeting and even the most wonderfully stewarded multi-generational set of assets is going to pass away for sure yes um but proverbs 27 23 and 24 oh boy it's one of the most direct take care of your stuff verses that i found and it says be sure you know the condition of your flocks give careful attention to your herds and then again, it says, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. That's great. But I think we've used that. To... I think you used that in an article you wrote for abrahamswallet.com back in the day when you were talking about... Um, Shmuel. Shmuel's... My hilarious... That's right. My hilarious illustration of the Jewish sheep herder. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Ta- Shmuel is always going to be my go-to... 
uh, Jew name, fun Jewish name. That's good. Tell, tell me again. Tell like me the it. first part of that verse again. What's the What's the first phrase of that verse? Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Yeah, that is hot. That's really good. That's a proverb. Yeah, wisdom. Um, and if you are a business so, owner, for instance, and you don't know how your employees are doing, you don't know what revenues are like this month. You don't know if how many vendors have been paid. What are you doing? Wake up, babe. I had a call with a business owner a few weeks ago because I was considering buying his business. Ah. And this was not a long call because <laughs> I said things without getting into any details. I started saying, well, what does this number look like for your business? Uh, yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, real strong. Okay, but what is the number, what sir? The number? Like, give me the data. <laughs> Oh, I could probably find that. Okay. Mm. And it became clear that the, this person did not have a grip on what was happening at all in their business. They couldn't even really convincingly tell me that they were not losing money wow. hand over fist. Um, Doesn't know the condition so, of his flocks. Didn't know the condition of his flocks. And the result is he's not going to be stewarding anymore anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, that's right. So just to kind of intro the the chat we're going to do now i got one of my my friends here uh his name is blake staley and he owns a car detailing business and it is a kingdom business you know they they moved to salt lake city blake and his wife did and said what kind of business could we start that could fund us being here because we believe this is where the lord has called us to be Mm. um and he really didn't know anything about car detailing, I don't think, um, but went and got training and started building a business and then started hiring people. And now they've, they're, you know, you can get a car detail for 80 bucks if you find the guy on Craigslist who will come vacuum out your car and clean it. And that might be fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, what Blake and his team does is a different thing. It's, uh, it's the high end, really, really high quality craftsmanship of of kind of knowing how to restore cars to their original wow. state and it's really cool to watch they actually after we recorded this interview used my garage to detail a few other cars because it was a rainy day um and so there's you know dodge vipers and audi exotic cars That's coming fun. in, and all the neighbors are kind of wondering what's happening at the parrot house but uh you know i think what even you're taking care of your car the way I've seen you do, or Blake taking that to a professional level and really creating space for people that is well-ordered um, inside their car. Um, I think that there is something we can learn from the admonition just to take care of your things. Mm. And the reason I wanted to interview Blake is because for most of us, I think I say this in the interview, one of our most valuable possessions is the car we drive around. Yeah. Um, so, and, and usually I've found, this isn't always true, but in a marriage, for example, there's usually, if there's two cars, one of them might be the one that's a little bit more taken care of. And one of them, the personality type is yep. like, I'm not really interested in taking care of this car. Yep. Um, so uh, I think we all probably as as family guys have either it's us and we don't we don't sometimes put full attention towards how we take care of our cars or maybe it's for us it's how we take care of our rooms or our physical apartments or our space Um, or maybe it's somebody else and maybe it's your wife and this is something like you're like "Ah, i think we could take better care of the car that hauls all our kids around it's very hard to do that so I wanted to get Blake on to talk a little bit about his take on stewardship of possessions, but also to give you some hot tips yeah. on very practical. How do you take care of a car? Awesome. What could a pro tell you that you might not know? Um, there's some things that I was doing when I met Blake and he saw me and he just went, you're ruining your car. So he's going to dig into some of that in the interview. Okay. So you, you, you you're going to talk about the things that you were doing wrong. Oh yeah, I'm not okay, going to tell you now because then sure, sure, I sure. would spoil our thunder. Okay, but, before uh, we go to Blake, real quick, I want to give guys tips just around their life. So I'm just trying to think. There's a guy 
who's a he's a new husband or maybe um, he's rented all of his life. I got a good friend named Tim. He's just bought his first house and he's like, I guess I need to buy a lawnmower. How do I do that? You know, big, big questions. So just some thoughts and I'd be open to anything that comes to your mind as well. Here's just some tips. Okay. You're going to have to change your furnace filter out. You know, that it's part of your house. So how do you, how do you, how do you do that? Well, my tip would be that you always have next year's furnace filter. It's already bought and it's sitting there and you put a, you put a little uh, alert in your calendar. That's an annual alert for me. I think it's about December 10th that it pops up. And when it hits that day, I don't care what I'm doing. I go change that filter out and I order a filter and get that done. And then it's there for the next, the next go around. Now, see, that's a simple way to do a maintenance task that people don't, that don't put, they don't put effort towards maintenance. Yes. We have gone with the filter subscription service. Okay. Did you know this exists? Yes, I did. Go ahead. Um, because I just never remember. And we have some horrible, expensive filters that we yes. have to use. And so we, if you just search filter subscription, um, the one we've used is called Second Nature. There's one called Filter Time. There's actually a whole bunch, but you can just sign up and tell them how often you want the filter delivered and it shows up and that's my reminder, time to change the filter. Fantastic. That works. Um, there are, I mean, you can buy a, a what are they they're called, a Real Simple magazine and they'll, <laughs> they'll give you all sorts of this season what to do to keep your placemats working great you can do all that kind of stuff you for cleaning and and maintenance i'm just thinking of tips um for dudes alike you should keep a store of every light bulb that you need in your house and when a light bulb goes out hey husband you should change the light bulb that day when the light bulb goes out in your house and if you don't have any more of them or you use the last one those is the last 70 watt bulb i had Order more immediately. Well, I could save some money if I... No, don't do that. No, don't, don't. That's not, this isn't the time to save money. Buy it. Go on, buy 70 watt bulbs, have them there so that when things go out, you're the maintenance guy. If you didn't know that, you're the maintenance guy at your house. So uh, replace faucets that don't work in your house. I, you should just have a plan on your property, and, and certainly we want your property expanded, but it starts with your home, where you're going through with a fine tooth comb, we, and, you're, and you're recapturing the value of every square foot of your space. So we had a home that was about, uh, at the time it was 105 years old. We lived in this house for, I don't know, a dozen years or something. And of course, when we moved in the house, we couldn't fix everything. But as time went by, that was just that we budgeted toward, well, we got to get a new shed in the back. And now we wanted to redo the landscaping. Now we're going to resurface the front porch. We just had to work through. And by the time everything was kind of up and running well in the house and I'd replaced the bathroom and all, you know, new uh, appliances and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? It was time to sell the house. And guess what? We did great on that house. And similarly that's kind of the scene with my car right now i drive a 1997 um there are there are about five things that i want to fix on that car or upgrade and when the by the time they're all done i'm gonna dangle it out on the market and see what the see what the toyota collectors want with my car and see if see which one of them would be really interested in overpaying for something that's in fantastic condition i just had the uh, i told the story of getting the um windshields replaced by insurance didn't i yes okay when i picked that up i was so happy to get my new front and rear windshields for free Um, when i picked that up the dude came out to my car and he said first thing i want to tell you is this is a badass automobile right here and i was like oh yeah go on yeah you want to i'm thinking to myself do you know anybody that wants to buy it and he, so he just gushed about it. I don't know how it's so clean. Is this, has this thing been in a garage? I was like, nope, don't have any garage space for it. Well, whatever you're doing, you keep doing it. And I was thinking, oh, I will, buddy. I'll keep doing it because I maintain my stuff. So 
just some just some practical ideas for the fellas. Do you want to, are you ready to throw you it to Blake? Need, you might need some ceramic coating on that paint. I to, would uh, protect. I would love ceramic coating. Is Blake going to tell me how to do that? Uh, Blake will tell you that it can be done, but not by you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's his, that's his highest level of, if you really want to get crazy and you don't have a garage, here's oh, what I you Oh, I would need. love that. I would love that. Well, I'm going to kick it to Blake. Okay. And then we'll wrap it up back here and we'll be done. Rad. Guys, I'm here with Blake Staley, who's a buddy of mine, and he owns a business called Drop Detailing. Maybe to start us off, just tell us what your business is, what you guys do with your time. So we are an automotive detailing business. Uh, we essentially, we're not a car wash. We call ourselves more of an auto spa. So we- Oh, maybe like a little- Yeah. Uh, hot rocks massage for the Chevy. Exactly. Okay. So we're not just washing the vehicle, slapping on some wax, or really taking our time. And it's more, I, I would look at it as more of a craft mm. on what we're doing. You guys moved out here to be a part of a church plant. Yep. So it wasn't just your passion has always been detailing cars. Um, it was more like what kind of businesses can we build in Salt Lake City that will express our gifts and be a part of what the Lord is doing in this yeah. city. So tell me about how you connect maybe auto detailing with kingdom work. We are about transformation. So whether it's transforming the vehicle or transforming someone's life, like our goal is to transform. And, and I wanted to also invite people, employees and teammates uh, to show them that uh, transformation and that can happen to their life of course we're transforming people's vehicles but that was my main goal is to see people's lives changed yeah so that's awesome um, now I kind of said it at the beginning but for a lot of us if we're renting a house often a car is actually the number one right investment that we make of course at Abraham's Wallet, we don't really think of it as an investment because it's a depreciating asset, but... Unless it's a rare car. That's right, and you do deal with quite a few of those. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to say, when you and I have sat out and had a coffee at the coffee shop on the corner, and every stinking exotic vehicle that goes by, Blake's just sitting here like, well, that's Bill, and you know, there's Steve, <laughs> and so this guy knows the people who their cars are indeed an appreciating investment. But for most of us, right. it's more something that either we take care of and it lasts hopefully a long time or we don't take care of and it doesn't. And I always thought take care of your car meant get oil changes, take care of the engine, but the interior, do whatever the heck you want. Like right. It doesn't really matter. And so you came along. I got this new truck. We've talked about it on the Abraham's Wallet podcast. And you said, what are you doing, man? You saw me with the, the mound of armor all wipes and said, you're destroying your car. So maybe you can talk about just briefly, what are the things that we should all be doing when it comes to taking care of our cars? Yeah. On the interior not and, and the exterior, not just the, the engine. Yeah, yeah. We definitely, there had to be some repentance from Mark using armor all and all the other things that he That's did not on. good? No. Okay. So the first thing I would say is get rid of your armor all and buy some shine supply products. Mark has already done the good deed. Step one. Step one. Why? Why? What's wrong with armor all? Armor all is almost like you are putting McDonald's in your body or McDonald's on your car. So only it's... use armor all on a road trip. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I would say if you want really cheap products with harsh chemicals that are bad for you and the vehicle, buy Armorall. But these products right here, um, this they are made with the detailer and the person and the vehicle in mind. These are all pH balanced, which means they're safe for you and the vehicle. Um, and I would say these products uh, are really versatile. You can use them on this product specifically, leather interior cleaner. We use on carpet, vinyl, leather. Uh, I just Vests. don't recommend drinking it. You can use it on your shoes. You can honestly use it on your vest. Wow. 
And you, just to be clear, this isn't your business. It's you don't correct. own Shine Supply, so this is really the stuff you think is the best out there for yeah. detailing. Yeah. Okay, so no mm -hmm. armor all. Uh, what do I need? You've got you've got leather cleaner, but leather cleaner. What about my my hoopty that has cloth seats? You can use this. Really? Yep. Okay. You can use this. This is kind of our all-in-one surface cleaner. Um, and going back to his point, I would say cleaning your interior touch points and your steering wheel. Do not use. I know with COVID and everything, people have been using hand sanitizer to like clean stuff. Do not use that. It dries out the leather. Um, it's not good for the vehicle. I would recommend using something that's specifically designed for leather or vinyl. And the cool thing is Shine Supply actually has a product called Hitman that is a sanitized cleaner that's okay. safe for all those pieces. Gotcha. Um, one more little uh, interior tip. I'd say get a little trash can in your vehicle or find a designated spot that you are able to put trash in. And when you get out of the vehicle, like at my house, in my garage, I have a trash can right outside the door. It's a simple step of just removing the trash, putting in the trash can each time you get out of the vehicle. Yeah, and you, you've you trained all your children to deposit trash only in the trash can? Exactly. Oh, all right. So <laughs> I, I think that the so far I'm hearing, use the right stuff, clean your car out once in a while, Yep. Get a trash can so you're not just putting all your fingernails underneath the driver's seat. What else? Exterior, I'd say if you park your vehicle outside or even inside, getting a, a good fresh coat of wax is super important for the exterior. Uh, I've seen a lot of vehicles that are parked outside. The hoods or the roof is completely oxidized. The clear coat is almost at its failing point to where it needs to be repainted. Um, and when I drive through one of these car washes, because that's something else I did when I got a new car that I was, I had my, my face set on keeping it clean. Right. I joined uh, a fancier yeah. car wash. Now, they say we're going to wax your car. Right. Is that waxing my car? No. That's like almost saying, <laughs> they say like hot lava wax. Uh, this is a pretty funny analogy. Hot lava wax. That's but, almost exactly what they say. Yeah, hot lava. It's like they're putting lava on your car, you know? So when you say to, to make sure I'm waxing the car, what, what do I do? So I would purchase some uh, wax from Shine Supply. A lot of their products are super affordable. Um, either a carnauba-based wax or a sealant that's more resin-based. Um, and if you want to go really high-end um, for getting it professionally installed by a detailer would be ceramic coating. But for those of you that I know the majority are, are just going to be at home trying to do it themselves, um, I would say jump on Shine Supply's website and purchase some of their waxes that they have to seal the paint. Gotcha. Um, and even conditioning uh, the rubber and the trim I think is really important because as you kind of see sometimes a lot of that trim can get kind of faded right. um, and it just of course helps to maintain that newness. Trim shine, I know this is one that I did not take your advice, I just went rogue and bought this. Um, and I put it all over the inside of my car, which you said I might end up with cancer because of that move. But that stuff made every plastic thing in my car look brand new for about, I don't know, eight months. It was right, right. phenomenal. So but I don't know if you've got a truck or something, it does say don't put it inside, right? Um, yeah, I, I didn't read the instructions. Apply to all exterior trim. I'm not telling you to do what I do. I'm just <laughs> saying, even on the exterior trim, right. this stuff was magical. So yeah. Kind of fun. And, and I won't dog on, um, you know, car washes. Like, if, if that's the only resort in a busy schedule, go get your car washed. It's better than not having it washed. Gotcha. But I will say, the hot lava thing, it's almost like saying that you're going to put on sunscreen in the shower and hope it stays on. You know what I mean? Like. People, they're, they're, they're going through the car wash, putting on a wax, but then it's being almost rinsed off. I yeah. think it's temporary protection that's good for a busy lifestyle, but as far as like long-term protection, it's not going to last. Right. So give it the real deal once every... Well, I would say once, depending on how much you're driving it, once or twice every year. So we've talked a lot about what to do. Okay. 
But the thing that really hooked me into thinking this world was for me was when you told me what not to do. So we've talked about armor all. What else, though? What are people doing to their cars that they should not be doing? I would say uh, I see too many times people out just scrubbing their car down with a chamois. Uh, those super thin, it's almost like drying your car with paper uh -huh. uh, or a beach towel. Uh, yes, I would I've say done both of these things. I've done them too. Uh, isn't a chamois what you should use to dry a car? Isn't that what it's for? No. So the chamois, they have, they're almost like they have no fibers. So when you start to dry your vehicle and there's a tiny little rock, that thing is just going to press that rock into your paint and scratch mm. the mess out of your clear coat. Okay. Um, so give yourself, honestly, go buy a really nice microfiber or even just a generic one. Shine Supply has a lot of great ones on their website or even locally here at our shop. Um, and they're anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks and you have a nice drying towel that not only is gonna save you time in drying, you're not gonna sit there and just try and like dry the same spot over and over, but you're not gonna compromise your clear coat. That's, that's a good tip. When I go through the big car wash, yeah. one microfiber towel does the work of four beach towels exactly. and it's only this big. Exactly. You can get my whole car after I've gotten the blow dry. So yep. useful tip. What else? I'd say uh, my dad and I used to use a lot of Dawn soap to clean our car. It's dish soap. It's yep. not created to clean your vehicle. It has a lot of heavy degreaser in it. It's gonna leave stains in your paint and kind of break down. It's definitely gonna break down the dirt, but it's gonna compromise your clear coat once again. Uh, so get yourself, look, even a small bottle of this is like, 10 bucks or a gallon of this is like 22 bucks, which probably is around the same price as Dawn soap, but it's actually made for your vehicle. Yeah. Um, so hot, hot shot. shot. Yeah. Really awesome formula. And I like it that it's pink and kind of, it feels like the hot lava treatment I get at the Exa car. Exactly. Uh, and I'd say, um, <laughs> this is kind of funny one. My wife and I were uh, talking to, uh, <laughs> Pay the missionaries when they have a car wash, but don't get your car wash from them. Because they're okay. going to do more harm to your vehicle than good. <laughs> Got it. So if you see them, just, hey, here's 10 bucks, and then go down the street. Don't touch car. my car. Exactly. Okay. Um, and that was just a funny one we were thinking. Is about. that really just the same things? The, they're going to use a beach towel on your car. They're going to use the dish soap. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then... Um, Another one, like I said, just to reiterate, hand sanitizer to clean. That's a big no-no. Uh, it dries out the leather, and um, it's just yeah, it, it's it's not it's it's not going to actually clean the dirt. I've seen on some vehicles with specifically females who are using a lot of makeup when they're driving. There's just layers of dirt on like millimeters of dirt just caked on their steering wheel. And, and you're from you're from uh, Texas, well Louisiana, Louisiana Texas. Texas. You've you've seen the land where makeup is applied by by bulk, not right, just right. Uh, lightly. It, so it's pluming in the vehicle. Yeah. Okay. And you told me that you said the the steering wheel is the place that nobody realizes really needs a deep clean more ten, frequently yeah. than ten times dirtier than a public toilet seat. Wow. Yeah. And that's even for people who aren't urinating on their steering wheel. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Exactly. Okay. Or washing their hands after they wipe. Okay. Um, okay. So I wanted before we wrapped up to get a a quick read on the the horror stories because okay. I have looked at YouTube. I've seen some of these these videos of detailers that take a car from destroyed to awesome, and I wondered. I bet you guys have done some some scary stories. I have, have tried to clean out a minivan that's been used by a family of seven, and it was uh, toxic. So when was that? Uh, last year. I didn't call you because Did, I said I, I'm not going to compare. Are to you me. trying to compete against me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, what we're here to do today is to announce uh, Abraham's Car Wash. Abraham's Car Wash. And you have to dress up like Abraham. Yeah. Biblical. And we use goat hair to dry. Right. So. Fried donuts, yeah. All right. Great. So... I get it, what, what I'm not supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do. Um, I hope that people like me are hearing this and going, I need to just 
change my ways a little bit in how I take care of my car. Yeah. What What are those those horror stories that have happened where you might have run into a car that really blew your mind, just how bad it was, or got into something? And I think we all like to hear that type of stuff. So yeah. give me a little bit of of yeah. color there. Yeah. So. Yeah, being in the business for almost six years, our six-year birthday is coming up, we've seen a lot. Uh, the one that I will never forget is about three years ago, we pull up to this job, and usually when I'm on the phone with him scheduling the job, I ask him, hey, what's the condition of your vehicle? Is there any pet hair? Is there a lot of buildup? And this one, they're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so I get there, and I'm there with my teammate, and we opened the doors and it it was like someone had just never even thought about cleaning this vehicle. Okay. It was an Escalade. So, and this family had moved out from Texas and they had put in a fifth, no, a, a fourth row. So you have driver, passenger, middle row, third row, and then they put one that backed up against the third row facing the back of the vehicle. And that was so they could fit all their tribe of family in there. So there's some car seats in this car. There's some car seats. Okay. So we opened the door and not only did the smell just hit you in the face, it was like the, the, as soon as I saw this vehicle, I was like, we're going to have to rip everything out in order to attempt to clean this vehicle and make it look somewhat new. Yeah. So. I, I, me and my teammate made the decision to, I'm going to have to go, I didn't have the tools that I needed. I'm going to have to rip the seats out and pull the carpet completely out of the vehicle. And this was when we didn't have a shop. So we didn't have the, the, you know, the freedom to just take it to the shop and work on it over time. It was like, we had to finish or we weren't going home to sleep that night. Right. Uh, so I, as I start leaving to go to get tools, my teammate texts me a video as he started to pull stuff out of the floor and the carpet moving. And <laughs> I look at the video and he goes, dude, I think that there's like ticks and fleas and there was definitely maggots which come from food. Oh my god! And so I, I, I bought the tools that I needed. I showed up back to the job and this was the only time that I had ever denied a job. I said, this is too far gone that we can't do this. Burn this car. Yeah, burn the car. And so, sadly, you know, the kids and all that were coming in and out of the garage and we were having to communicate this with the client because I was like, you literally, like this is a health hazard for our family and if there's fleas or ticks in here, we could spread it to our family. And so, oh my goodness. it was like, just burn the car and throw it off the cliff and yeah, sadly I said, we're going to have to leave and we can't do this job for you. Wow. And so that was one of the worst. Did, did you save those videos of that car? I, you know, I think I could probably pull one out and nice. you could put it on. Nice. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so I don't, I, don't I didn't know. expect the car to be alive, but that, that is a pretty, pretty good one. And then we had to go to the rec center and like our wives brought us new clothes and we had to take a shower because we just felt like things were crawling on us. Oh my goodness. Um, well, that's crazy. But I don't think that would top. I got a call that someone had birthed a baby in their child and wanted us to clean it up. And I completely, I said, I'm sorry, congratulations, but we can't help you. Yeah, you guys don't do midwifery. No, we don't and do afterbirth cleaning. Okay. Or dead people that died in their vehicles. We got a call from a, someone who's like a semi-truck driver died. Oh, no. It was gnarly. So. Well, yeah, I, I don't think we can blame you for turning those jobs down. The moral of the story is, guys, take care of your vehicles. Um, the I think there's a spiritual component to what we've talked about. We kind of tried to give some some value to people who are just... 
maintaining the Honda, right. but I think there's a spiritual component to how we take care of everything that comes under our care. We talk a lot about financial capital on the Abraham's Wallet podcast, but um, whether it's how you take care of your room uh, and your house or yeah. how you take care of your vehicle, I think you'll feel a lot better. That's true for me. I like I'm delighted when I get in my car now yeah. instead of feeling guilty. But also, you will have an asset that lasts longer and is worth more when it's time to swap into a new one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. is there anything else that, yeah. that people should know about Drop or about you guys before we take off? Yeah, I think like, like Mark said, um, there's a huge correlation to renewing your vehicle and, and uh, I think even just the state of our life. Like when I have a crazy busy schedule in my life and my vehicle is usually crazy dirty and not clean. So I think, you know, of course life happens and we, we um, you know, our cars get dirty, but I hope those tips were helpful for you guys to bring a little bit of peace to your life. Um, and even with, with our company drop, um, yeah, we've partnered up with Shine Supply, who is actually a kingdom business as well. Um, so you guys jump on their website, shinesupply.com, and hit uh, type in the, the discount code DROP10, and you'll get 10% off on your purchase. Wow. Yeah. 10% off for just listening to, to this podcast. That's value. Right. They should be paying you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, but, thanks for setting that up. Yeah. And thanks for being here, Blake. So. For Abraham's Wallet, I'm Mark Parrott, and this is Blake Staley. Thanks for checking it out. Well, what'd you think of Blake, Stephen? Fascinating dude. Sounds like he's got a great heart, and I'm very into what he's doing. I love your relationship yes. with him. Yeah, he uh, he also has really cool earrings. So. <laughs> If you didn't, if you guys didn't go watch the video, you should go watch the video because Blake is is a fun guy. I think someday he's going to be a YouTube star. That's my that's my uh, prophetic prediction. Fantastic. So, um, maybe you guys part, he might be part to, of our podcast network someday if he wants to do start doing podcasts about uh, ooh, cars. Yeah, auto podcast. Yeah, there's room for that. Um, if you guys want to find out more about Blake. Uh, you heard what he said, shinesupply.com. You can get a discount on any of the products he mentioned there and just for being an Abe's Wallet listener. And uh, you also can go see all the fancy exotic cars and video of them detailing and stuff like that if you go to dropdetailing.com. That's Blake's business, Drop Detailing. Great, great, great. Okay, awesome. Thank you. That's it. And we will catch you guys next week. Take care of your stuff, all right? Maintain your stuff, dudes. Mm-hmm.